Everybody, welcome to the Minnesotan Pod. Today we have a very special guest. His name is Charlie Strammel. Charlie is pegged to be a first-round draft pick in this year's NHL Entry Draft. He and he took some of his time to come in and chat with us today. Charlie, good morning. How are you? Good. Uh, thanks for having me on. It's a little early in the day. It's 9.21 in the morning. But you're usually up by this time, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Okay. You're coming off your freshman year at the University of Wisconsin. We'll get to that in a few minutes. But I'm more curious about the combine right now. And at this point, we're going to take a few moments to make fun of Casey Middlestad. Have you seen the picture of Casey trying to do a pull-up at the combine? I have, Okay, yes, yeah. yeah. Made the rounds on social media a few years ago. And my question to you is, although you're a physically impressive player, 6'3", 215, whatever, mm-hmm. was there a point during the combine where you were like, this exercise is stupid, I've never needed to do this on the ice or in a game? I don't know. I mean, I think that the some of the like the five ten five sprint, um, I don't really think I mean I didn't do bad on it, but I don't really think sprinting off the ice really relates to skating that much overall. It's a completely different movement. So maybe that I'd say. Okay. As somebody who finished with the longest long jump, I thought you'd be like, Nope, every exercise is totally worth it and we should do <laughs> more of those. <laughs> How many pull ups did you do? Uh, I did 11. You did 11? Oh, that's not bad. I, I'm pretty sure I could only do two, so you've got me <laughs> outstripped. Uh, so good experience at the Combine overall. Did you have a good time? Yeah, yeah, it was a lot. I mean, long week, but I think, you know, you take it all in, and it's always good to talk to some higher-ups and some organizations and obviously compete against your peers in some of the testing. So, What were those interviews like? I mean, you hear stories ranging from how the European players and their translators and things mm-hmm. get – for lack of a better term, lost in translation versus uh, some guys coming out of the combine where their draft stock is falling because of how they did in the interviews. Mm-hmm. Were you nervous going into the interviews at all, or were you pretty well prepped for it? Yeah, I'd say a little bit. Definitely some nerves, but I do think after you get the first one you're about, you uh, kind of learn from there. And, yeah, I think overall just to be yourself in those interviews, you know, you really can't go wrong at the end of the day. So Okay, do you have any of those – were there any of those questions like dog or cat? And you start sweating and thinking, <laughs> if I say cat, they're going to hate me. There w- there was a few tough ones. Um, the one that kind of sticks out that I heard before and I kind of had an answer prepared was, what animal are you on the ice and what animal <laughs> are you off the ice? So. All right, well, now you got to tell us. Yeah. What animal are you on the ice, Charlie? Yeah, I said dolphin. I kind of want I didn't want to do lion or tiger because that's kind of what everybody does. And I don't know. I said good communicator has respect amongst its other animals in the sea. So that was kind of my reasoning. Interesting. Can you do a dolphin call? No. Okay. You want to try one? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> that was actually pretty good. I think that we're going to keep that in. <laughs> All right. So what kind of animal are you off the ice in? Yeah, I said dolphin too. I kind of wanted just to stick to it. I said kind of a guy that's out there, a little bit more extroverted, loves to talk. and okay. I don't know. <laughs> You're a marine mammal both on and off yeah, the ice. Awesome. You mentioned that you were an outgoing guy, and you've always been like that, dating back to when you were a kid. You and I were chatting off air that you've been involved in wide change events, you know, since you were a squirt. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to go back to your freshman year in high school. Six goals, twelve assists, eighteen points—really promising freshman season. You fit in well with the team. 
team look good. You opt to move on to the national development program. Yeah. So what, at that point, what was it about the NTDP that made it seem like the right place for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So right when I started to figure out about what the program was all about and uh, the players they put out, what you kind of learned there. And that was early on in my career, fifth, sixth grade. It was kind of always a goal of mine to get that invite and have the honor to represent your country on a daily basis. And when it came to that decision, um, it was kind of a no-brainer for me. Um, overall, I know Minnesota guys are, you know, known to decline that at times and stay at high school because high school hockey is great. But for me and my development, everyone has their own path. And I, uh, it was a no-brainer for me and no regrets at all. That place changed me as a person. It changed me as a player, and I wouldn't be where I am today without it. So well, You said you started thinking about it in fifth or sixth grade. Was there a specific yeah. player from Team USA that you kind of latched onto? Not really. I just remember sixth grade, we uh, we played in one of those AAA tournaments out there at the rink, and they kind of gave mm -hmm. us a tour of the whole setup. And I think we walked around the locker room, and you saw some – I don't remember specific names. I'd have to go back to my camera roll, but <laughs> some names that were, you know, Minnesota guys that went there and moved on. And I just – you know, you can't, you can't deny the players they put out on a consistent basis, so – all right. You ended up out there at age 15. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're, you're almost a baby going out there. How yeah. uh, was it nerve wracking, exciting, a mix of both? Yeah, I'd say a mix of both. I mean, it's always nervous moving away from home at a young age, you know, 15 years old, but you know, I had a love for the game and it was, like I said, a no brainer for me and a lot of excitement getting to know the teammates, you know, bonding. Those are still some of my best friends today, you know, guys from that team and all we went to to grew together. And yeah, it was uh, a little bit of both. Are you the type of player, even at that age, where if it's all hockey all the time, that's where you're in your element? I'd say a little bit. I mean, it's always good to get away from the rink and uh, have some other hobbies and maybe take a log off. But I do think at that age, you know, for sure, I think that was something that we all enjoyed, maybe at times dreaded, but overall enjoyed and, you know, really helped us as players grow. Uh, going into your 18th season, you dealt with an injury, a torn labrum. Can you tell me what the the injury recovery process is like in such an insulated environment like the NTDP? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I ended up getting surgery that summer before my 18 year. Um, I was home f rehabbing for most of the first half of the year. So that was good to be home, see some of the high school buddies and fully rehab here. But um, I'd say, yeah, when I went back out there about a month before I was starting to play again, it, uh, it was different. You know, we uh, really hit the gym pretty hard and focused on PT there and you know, they helped me a ton getting back pretty early overall when it comes to that type of surgery. So. Had you ever dealt with an injury like that before? Nothing too serious. Um, yeah, nothing that put me out really that long, to be honest. Okay, and I can only imagine that the training staff with mm -hmm. the NTDP is, you know, pretty freaking good. What, were there some doctors there that helped you along? Was there somebody maybe on the – because injuries are twofold, right? They're physical mm -hmm. and they're emotional because you're not practicing, you know, you're doing rehab while the other guys are lifting weights or what have you. Was there anybody that really helped you mentally and emotionally during that time? Um, Probably my mom, I'd say overall, but I'd say a guy that helped me at the program would be uh, Brian Galvin. He was our strength and conditioning coach. He ran all that, and even though I was injured and couldn't do a lot of things in the weight room or on the ice at the time when I first got out there, um, he made sure that, you know, I was still getting those upper body lifts and, you know, getting on the bike, whether I'm not using my legs, just using my arms, whatever it may have been, you know, he made sure that when I came back, I was more than ready and to play, you know, right from the start. So, all right. The 
move on to Wisconsin. I'm going to gloss over your World Juniors just a little bit because that was your coming out party, and I want to touch on that a mm-hmm. little bit later. But moving on from the national team to Wisconsin, going from those players that you'd been with for two years, yeah. they, you guys really do become a band of brothers. You spend so much time together. Mm-hmm. The transition away from the program, what was that like for you? Yeah, no, it was uh, it was different. You know, you go into an environment where in college hockey – you got guys that are 25 years old. You're coming in as a true freshman, 18-year-old. It's definitely a different environment than hanging out with guys that are the same age as you for two years. But I do think uh, I liked it. You know, I liked being around that older group. And some guys that were my age, like Cruz Lucius, that went in with me, similar age. But it's definitely a different environment. But I did enjoy that part of it, too, to kind of get away from your peers, so to say, from a little bit and compare yourself against some older, bigger, stronger guys, you know, in the weight room, on the ice, whatever it may have been. All right, and you roomed with Cruz, right? Mm-hmm. What was it like rooming with Cruz? Did you guys know each other? I mean, I'm sure you knew each other just mm-hmm. through hockey, but how well did you know Cruz before living with him? Yeah, I knew him pretty well. I mean, he played on that program team with me. Yeah. We were always pretty good buddies throughout our two years there. I know he had some injury stuff too, so me and him were in and out of the seasons a little bit. But I would say, yeah, we got to know each other you know, really well this year, living together and you know, going through college hockey together as young players you know, on the same team and – you know, he's one of my best buddies today and living with him next year and love playing with him on the ice too. So looking forward to that this year. Yeah, I don't want to harp on the injury too much, but mm-hmm. considering you and Cruz both dealt with injuries, yeah, that almost brings you closer together because you both know what it's like to be out like that. For sure, yeah. I think that's something we've talked about and how, you know, you can't take things for granted because when you're out, you know, all you want to do is get on the ice, which you can't. So I'll never take anything for granted at the end of the day. Uh, so I was perusing YouTube yesterday looking for clips of Charlie Strammel. You have a lot of highlight videos, by the way. Congratulations. Uh, but I came across a University of Wisconsin all-access video mm-hmm. where you and Cruz do kind of like a day in the life of a Wisconsin athlete. And I felt kind of bad for you guys because you guys were on break yeah. during that. So the mm-hmm. day in life was like, uh, well, we go to practice and then <laughs> there's nothing to do because yeah. we don't have any class. Yeah. But I noticed something hanging in the background of your dorm room. There was a gold link chain. And I'm sure we can put a graphic of that into the video here. What is the gold chain? Why is it hanging from one of your bunk beds? Yeah, so that was a buddy of mine's. Um, you know, throughout the year, the freshmen go through different things, you know, in college hockey. And one of the days, one of my buddies had to dress up as a certain character. And um, <laughs> he bought that chain off of Amazon. And it ended up in our room. I don't really know how, to be honest. But, you know, just hang it up there. kind of brings back memories throughout the year. And... Yeah, I just that's all I have to say about it. All right. I thought I thought we might be into like a University of Miami turnover chain here. Like maybe somebody with the most hits gets a chain or something. Yeah. Uh speaking of hits, you led the team in penalty minutes last year and from my rudimentary research on elite prospects, it's the most penalty minutes you've had in a season since mm-hmm. you were a bantam. Yeah. And you said in that all access video that the physical play uh, from the NTDP, from the junior level, was really amped up playing in the Big Ten. Can you tell me a little bit about the physical play? Are the penalty minutes a direct correlation with the level of physical play? Uh, I wouldn't say direct. I'd say definitely should have had less penalty minutes this year overall. <laughs> but I think you know penalty minutes aren't always a bad thing in hockey, as no, not people at all. know overall. But, yeah, I'd say – the maturity of the game, like I talked about in that all-access, is a lot different. You know, you got a lot of older guys, like I talked about earlier, some grown men out there, and I think that did accustom to, yeah, some penalties, some majors, this and that, getting it in, getting into it with guys and that type of thing. But I do think that's part of my game at the end of the day. 
Okay. And one of those big boosts, those big spikes in penalty minutes came against the University of Minnesota yeah. at Mariucci Arena, right? Mm-hmm. All right. And you told me off air what happened because I'm looking for it. I'm, I'm, I want to see this misconduct mm-hmm. from such a mild-mannered kid like you. So what happened? Walk me through that play. Yeah, so I think I tried taking the puck to the net, maybe took somebody wide, or there was a whistle in front of the net somehow. I don't remember specifically. And there was a little scrum going on. Me and uh, Faber were going at it a little bit, and he ended up grabbing my jersey and kind of yanking me in. So I kind of fell into him and bumped his head. It wasn't a very hard bump or anything, but then it kind of fizzled out. Refs took us apart, and we went to our benches, and they started reviewing for a major, and I was pretty confused. I was like, did I do something like bad? Like, I don't remember doing anything. And then they kicked me out and I didn't know what they kicked me out for. I'd go to the locker room and look up on Twitter to see what I did wrong. <laughs> so, uh, they ended Thanks, up Twitter. Yeah. They ended up going ahead, but which was one of the craziest, you know, majors I've ever been a part of or seen to be honest. But you know, that's part of the game. There's inconsistencies with that type of stuff at right. times. I suppose in the, in the full speed of the play, maybe it did look like a headbutt, but with all the video replay, you'd think that they might be able to figure out that yeah. you didn't intentionally do it. Were you watching the play? Did you watch the NHL playoffs at all with the wild we're playing? Good amount. And yeah. you're watching favor on the balloon. You're like, I know that guy. That guy got me kicked out of the game. He's the Gophers. Yeah. No, he's <laughs> a good dude though. He, uh, I played a world junior with him, uh, last summer and he's, he's our captain. Great guy, you know, great player obviously too. So, yeah. Yeah, let's let's talk about your world junior experience now. Mm-hmm. Your coming out party, you you ended up with five points in six games of the U.S. the U um, eighteen World Juniors, and that felt like the ball really started rolling on your NHL draft stock. Was could you feel your stock rising after that performance, or to you was it just you know I'm I'm here to score goals and get assists and get points? Yeah, I think at the time, um, that was kind of our last hurrah as the U18 team, you know, going to that. You train that two years to play in that tournament, to win that gold medal. And so in the moment, I was, and I, and I think most of the guys on my team were really focused on winning that gold. You know, we ended up getting to that gold medal game, losing, getting upset by Sweden. But, uh, yeah, after, I mean, you look at things and sometimes you see stuff about you, this and that, but. I mean, to be honest, I try not to look into all those rankings and stuff, but I think, yeah, you see stuff and you see your stock start to rise and that type of thing is always cool to see at the end of the day. Considering how pervasive even the NHL draft media, we see it every year with the NFL draft. Mm -hmm. It's nuts. I mean, the coverage around the NFL draft is absolutely bananas. And it's certainly not to that level, but I think it's ramping up a little bit around the NHL draft. And considering how everything is all on your phone and all on Twitter and all Mm -hmm. on social media, how hard is it to block out some of that noise and just focus on, you know, lifting weights and staying hydrated and doing your work on and off the ice in the off season? Yeah, I think it can be hard at times to stay away from that stuff. I mean, sometimes you'll see those type of things even when you're not looking for it. But I think I learned a lot at the program. They taught us about blocking out that noise, you know, those people calling you, telling you this, telling you you're this, telling you you're that, you know, those rankings coming out online, kind of just to stay away from it. So I think getting trained by the program there and them kind of helping some of my older buddies that got drafted last year go through that process and me seeing them go through that process really helped me understand what's going to hurt me and what's going to help me in this draft year. Does it also help being at the program 
you, you go up against the best in the country and mm -hmm. practice every day. So there's no yeah. chance for your head to get all that big because, mm -hmm. you know, Charlie's ranked number one today and then he goes up against whoever and they kick his ass during practice. Is that yeah. a fair assessment that playing against those guys, it, it keeps everybody pretty humble? Yeah, I think it keeps you humble overall because, you know, that was one of my favorite things about the program was going up against the supposedly – 22 best players in the nation every single day in the weight room, in practice, in the classroom, whatever it may have been. So I think that does help when it comes to, it works when you're compete. And like you said, you know, staying humble overall, cause you can get humbled really easily in some of those skates. <laughs> and you just mentioned something in the classroom. Is it competitive academically? Or are the guys kind of competing? You know, who's got a 4.0, who's got a three, nine, who's got a three, eight. I mean a little bit. I think it depends on who you ask okay. at the end of the day, but <laughs> yeah. A little bit. Depends. All right. Well, hockey players are naturally competitive, and yeah. I think a lot of hockey players are real smart. So for sure, so a plug for hockey players in the academic world. Okay. Um, some of those guys we were talking about Isaac Howard a little earlier about mm -hmm. his draft process, and I mean, obviously, then TDP had a great, and Minnesotans had a great first round mm -hmm. last year. Have those guys been helpful at all going through this process? Maybe giving you some tips and tricks. Yeah, for sure. I mean, those are some of my good buddies, Isaac Howard. Minnesotan, uh, Ryan, I lived with Ryan Chesley and Jimmy Snuggard at the program. So I lived with them for two years, some of my really good friends. And they've helped me throughout the process. And I think even just seeing them go through that last year in the house every day, filling out questionnaires, on Zoom calls, on phone calls with all this NHL teams, media, all this and that. So to see them go through that and deal with that process kind of helped me prepare a little bit and kind of know what's coming um, this season. I want to go back to Wisconsin for a second because a stat just rolled across my screen. Uh, 13 and 23, obviously not what you guys wanted to finish with. Mm -hmm. um, you get a new head coach this year. 12 losses by two goals or less. And I would imagine in some of those losses, there's an empty net goal. So they're basically one goal losses. Yeah. This is the first time you've been on a team that hasn't won almost all the time since I would imagine squirts in the Rosemount program. Mm -hmm. How challenging was that for you on a personal level, being on a team that you know, going into the game, we're the underdog most of the time. Yeah, I think you like that underdog mentality at the end of the day. I like to play with that. Obviously, it was frustrating as a team this year and personally not having the season I wanted to have overall and the team not having the season we wanted to have. I thought we had a lot more on the table than we showed at times, and I think teammates would agree with that. But I think all you can do is, you know, control the controllable with yourself and look how you can improve next year. So I know my teammates – coming back next year doing that and I'm doing that as well and you know the culture's changing at Wisconsin that's what I've been telling people and it's the truth you know Hastings is coming in he's bringing some great players with him we got a great class coming in as well and you can already see things shifting you know it's been a few months we haven't even been on campus but you can already tell that <laughs> shim things are shifting in the right direction for Wisconsin hockey and sometimes friction is good sometimes yeah. sometimes you know friction is where the spark comes from you can't start a fire without hitting uh, hitting a couple of rocks together for sure um do you what did you know about Hastings before he was hired obviously he was the head coach at Mankato mm -hmm. did you have any contact with him maybe during the recruiting process i did not no i did not talk to Mankato much the second he got hired, I kind of talked to some buddies that have played down there and people that may have known him through his junior his junior coaching career or my agents or whatever it may have been and kind of learned all about him and all the success he's really had. You know, he had, I think, I don't know what the specific stat is, but I think, I don't think he's had a losing season in 25 years. And he's, he's coached at all levels, USHL, multiple teams, college hockey, whatever it may be. So to see, you know, how much and how much, how much he cares about winning and how much he cares about 
bringing his players to the next level was definitely reassuring when knowing I'm coming back next year. Super. How tall are you? 6'3". How much do you weigh? 222. What's your max bench? I honestly couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, this is kind of a meta question. This is something I was thinking about last night while I was reading through scouting reports, not mm-hmm. just of yours, but of pretty much everybody in the draft, other than Connor Bedard, because it, I think it's pretty easy to uh, deduct what he does well. But as a six foot three, two hundred and what? Twenty. Two hundred and twenty pound forward. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you're put in a box from a scouting perspective where uh, a scout or a, maybe a, a general manager or whatever, a team sees you on the ice and they go, power forward, he's going to stand in front of the net. So do you feel like some of your other attributes, like your passing, your stick handling, your shooting, do they get kind of pushed aside? And do you feel like you're put in a box based on your size as he's got to be the power forward who stands in front of the net? Not much. I mean, maybe a little bit at times, but I do see that point in the aspect where I feel I do have good hands for a big guy and ability to make plays when a lot of times, yeah, guys that are my size, you know, play a certain way, you know, play in a certain spot in the lineup. But I do think I bring more to the table at the end of the day. But I don't really think that they've put me in that box or doubted me in that aspect. So, yeah. Okay. Is there an NHL player that you model your game after? Uh, A guy I try and nitpick things off of and watch is a guy like Alex Tuck uh, with Buffalo. He's a guy that brings that physicality, but he also brings – a good amount of skill to his game as well. All right, so you model yourself off Alex Tuck, but your favorite player in the NHL is Matthew Kachuk. Tell mm-hmm. me a little bit about uh, what you love about Chucky. Yeah, no, he's is he all... Chucky or is his brother Chucky? It's uh, a good question. I I don't that. remember. All right, tell, <laughs> tell why why is Matthew Kachuk your favorite player? Yeah, I just love the way he plays. You know, he's a guy that brings it every single night, from getting in the other team's heads to finishing around the net to playing a great 200 foot role. Um, I like how he, even though he's, you know, one of the best players in the NHL and puts up a lot of good numbers, he's not afraid to get in a guy's grill, drop the gloves, um, PK, whatever it may be. He, uh, he's kind of the full package. He's really entertaining and fun to watch. Was it tough to watch him lose last night? A little bit, but he kind of saw it coming. <laughs> Vegas was a lot better team. They're just a home, wagon. So, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, I have to share a little bit with you. Matthew Chuck is also one of my favorite players. I find him highly entertaining. I bought a Sherwood just because he has a Sherwood. (laughs) So you and I are on the same page when it comes to Chucky, if he's the Chucky, if it's not Brady. Um, A couple of draft-specific questions for you, and I'm going to run through these fairly quickly. Uh, Best player in the draft that you've played with? Will Smith. Well, Why? I think he's a guy that brings a tremendous amount of hockey IQ to the table. His playmaking ability is off the charts, and he can finish as well. There's not a lot of things on the ice that he can't do overall. So playing with him when he was up with us last year was, or two years ago, was a blast, and he's a, he's a great player. Yeah, he's a, he's a really, really solid all-around type kid. Yeah. Uh, best player in the draft you played against, not named Connor Bedard. Say Adam Fantilli. Fantilli. That's a safe answer. Yeah. He's a guy that is a big power forward, but also brings a lot of skill. You know, had a great year at Michigan, and 
he's just yeah he's a great player all right this is kind it's not the same question because i think there are two different ways to look at it Uh the hardest player to play against in your draft class not necessarily the best guy you faced but just the guy you you look at the line chart for the game you think oh no that's a tough one so you're saying play against and like how good he is defensively or i just see him and i'm like oh he's gonna have three points tonight how good he is defensively okay in my draft class? In your draft class. It's kind of a tough, tough question. I've always played I kinda I'm kind of that awkward birth year where yeah, I, I usually suppose. play against the other draft class. Uh I honestly couldn't tell you an answer. There's not really a guy okay. that I've played against in my draft class that's been like that. I mean, there's guys that I'm like, okay, he might have two or three points tonight or a hat trick, whatever <laughs> it is, but nothing crazy defensively that comes to my mind off the top of my head. Okay, let's make it let's make it easier then. Best defensive player you've gone up against uh in practice with the NTDP. I'd say Ryan Chesley. Ryan Chesley. Okay, how about at Wisconsin? I'd say a guy like maybe Owen Landmark. A guy that's he's a forward but he's very good defensively. Interesting. Very nice. Uh, hardest. I already asked that one. They're in the wrong order now. Most underrated player in the draft that you've played with. Who do you think isn't getting enough enough love? I'd say a guy like William Whitelaw kind of comes to mind. Maybe Gavin Brindley too. Guys that may be considered undersized, but you know both of them. They're not afraid to stir stir stuff up you know they're not afraid to get in somebody's grill put somebody through a wall even though they're smaller they're built for their size and I think William brings a tremendous amount of skill and goal scoring to the game where Brins brings a ton of speed and hockey IQ as well so all right if you had to be drafted by one team where would you love to be drafted by I'd say the Minnesota Wild just growing up in Minnesota and being a fan of them my whole life would be the spot that would prefer what about a team other than the wild uh kind of a tough question uh, i haven't really thought about that to be honest maybe a team that's had success over the years uh i think a team like chicago would maybe be pretty cool oh, where okay. they're in kind of a stage where they're looking for prospects and you know they have that rich history where they're always going to get top end talent big market too as well so all right now here's the million dollar question the biggest driving force in your hockey career is either the national development program the university of wisconsin rosemount high school or your sister sophie (laughs) who pushed you the hardest on your way to the top yeah i'd say the program for sure, yeah. Sorry, I, sorry, Sophie, if you're watching, but yeah, I'd say the program overall. All right, I think Sophie might have something to say about yeah, that when maybe. you get home. That's <laughs> Charlie Strammel. He'll be uh, certainly he'll hear his name called during the 2023 NHL draft. The Rosemount native, doing Minnesota proud. Charlie, thanks for being with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's a fun time. You need to stay up out the streets if you can't take the heat.